and help me, Lord, as I preach your word to just be able to, to not get ahead of myself, to be able to uh, make sense and be able to be clear. Lord, help me to just step out of the way and, uh, and we'll give you the praise and glory for in your precious and holy name. I pray. Amen. Alright, well we're there in Genesis chapter number 12, and we read what is referred to by, uh, you know, I don't know, the, the, uh, just, just people, you know, people who, who uh, think they're smart when it comes to the Bible, and they, they, they've uh, named it the Abrahamic Covenant. Now, you know, I'm not against calling it that, and that's fine, but, uh, you know, for, for lack of better words, that's what we'll refer to it, just so you know what I'm talking about, the Abrahamic Covenant, and uh, just in, by way of introduction, I want to... Sh- to, to show you and preach to you a sermon uh, in regards to this covenant and what this covenant means. Now we read there, and we'll read it again quickly, it wasn't that long, the Bible says, Now the Lord said unto Abraham, Get thee out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, unto a land that I will show thee. Verse number 2 is where, it's, 2 and 3 is what's referred to as the Abrahamic covenant. It says, And I will make of thee a great nation. Now the word covenant, uh, a covenant is a promise or a, 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 a deal that he makes. And God, God made this, this, this deal or this promise to Abraham. He said, I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee, and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee, and curse them that curse thee, and in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. So, what is the Abrahamic covenant? It is, it is a covenant, it is a promise, it is a, a contract, if you will. It is a deal that God made with Abraham. Now, the promise of, of the covenant that God made with Abraham was this. God promised Abraham descendants. You see there it says, I will make of thee a great Nation. Now you say, well, what's so uh, impressive about that? Well, what's impressive about that is that Abraham is an old man that has had, has, hasn't had any children and doesn't have the ability to have children because of Sarah. The Bible says that his, his wife, her womb was dead and they're both of old age. And God made him this promise. He said, Abraham, even though you're old, I'm going to make of thee a great nation. You're going to have uh, descendants, uh, many de- de- descendants, and they're going to be a great nation. Second part of the covenant is this. The blessing of God upon Abraham himself. The Bible says, I will bless thee. Then there's also the blessing of God upon Abraham's descendants. He said, he said I will make thy name great. So he's going to make his name through those descendants great. And the best part of the Abrahamic covenant, if you will, is the promise of a Messiah coming through the descendants of Abraham. He said, Thou shalt be a blessing, and in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. And that was a promise that God was making. And God was saying, Abraham, in thee, all the earth, all the families of the earth are going to be blessed because of the promise. Because God was promising Abraham that from his loins, that from his descendants, would come this Messiah, uh, which the entire Old Testament is about. Now, the Abrahamic Covenant today is something that is thrown about by Christians, and it's kind of a, well, I just, you know, forgive me if I don't have the right words to say, but uh, the sermon that I'm preaching tonight is kind of a, uh, goes against the grain of most of Christianity, and here's why. Here's the title of the sermon. Are the Jews God's chosen people? Are the Jews God's chosen people? Now today, if you talk to the average Christian, if you talk to the average religious person, they will tell you that the Jews are God's chosen people. And they'll say that this Abrahamic covenant, I will make of thee a great nation, I will uh, bless thee, and I will make thy name great. And especially this part, I will bless them that bless thee. And many people today will look at the Jewish nation of Israel, and will look at the Jewish descendants of Abraham, and they'll say... And, and Baptists and all sorts of different denominations will say something like, you know, we've got to bless the Jews and we've got to help the Jews. And because we help them, then God somehow, uh, in some way, is going to give us a blessing. And, and, and even, even in our own politics in America, you know, we've made allegiance with the nation of Israel and we try to protect as America the nation of Israel and we're their only friend. And, and I'm not against being Israel's friend and we'll get into this and you'll understand before the sermon's done. But um, we, we made allegiance and, and, and a lot of it is because there's so many Christians and so many people in authority in America who look at this Abrahamic covenant and they'll say, hey, we've got we've to bless them because they're Israel, because they're descendants of Abraham. And I want to ask this question, are they actually the chosen people of God? Are the fleshly Jews, the actual physical descendants of Abraham, are those the people that this covenant is applying to? And we'll look at that. You know, who does the Abrahamic covenant apply to? 
Well, we see there that it applies to the descendants of Abraham. Look at verse 2 again. It says, And I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee. And it says, And make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. So, it does apply to his descendants, but who are the descendants of Abraham? That's the question. Who does the Bible consider the descendants of Abraham? God promised Abraham descendants. Now, I want to show you something. Go with me to Genesis chapter number 22. And look at verse number 17. In Genesis chapter number 22. Tonight's sermon is going to be a little different. Usually I like to preach and, you know, yell and scream. And, and we might do some of that. But um, we're going to be looking at our Bible. Because I, I want you to see this and learn it. And maybe it's a little different than something you've ever heard before. But, but uh, you know, give me a chance to prove the point from the Bible. And then you decide. Let the Bible tell you what, you know, what, what, it's, uh, what it's trying to say. But look at Genesis chapter number 22, look at verse 17. Genesis chapter number 22, look at verse 17. The Bible says that in blessings I will bless thee. This is God uh, just reinstating the Abrahamic covenant that was stated in Genesis chapter number 12. And he says that in blessings I will bless thee, and in multiplying I will multiply thy seed. Look what he says. As the stars of heaven, and as the sand which is upon the seashore, and thy seed shall possess the gates of his enemies. And in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed, because thou hast obeyed my voice. So if you see there, God promised Abraham descendants, but if we see in Genesis 22, 17, God promised him two different types of descendants. Do you see that? It says, and in multiplying, I will multiply thy seed. And look what it says, as the stars of heaven. So he promised him a heavenly descendants. And then he also says, and as the sand which is upon the seashore, he promised him earthly Descendants, you see that? Now, the heavenly, the stars of heaven represent the spiritual descendants of Abraham. And we'll, we're going to get into that in a little bit. The sand which is upon the seashore represents the physical descendants of Abraham. Now some Christians and, and most Baptists believe that the Abrahamic covenant, like I said, does not apply to a saved Christian. They believe this applies, this is a promise that God made to the physical Jews. But if you saw there in Genesis 22, that he's talking about two different descendants. As the stars of heaven, and as the sandwiches upon the seashore. And many people say that does not apply to a Christian, a believer in Jesus Christ, a Gentile believer, only a Jew of the flesh. Now let's look at this in the Bible. Go with me please to the book of Galatians in the uh, New Testament, Galatians. In the New Testament, we have Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans, 1st and 2nd Corinthians, and then the book of Galatians. Galatians chapter number 4. And look at verse 22. Galatians chapter number 4. And we'll look at verse number 22. The Bible says, in Galatians chapter number 4, I'll wait for you to get there. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans, 1st and 2nd Corinthians. If you can find 1st and 2nd Corinthians, Galatians is right after 1st and 2nd Corinthians. If you're in Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, you went too far. Go back. Galatians chapter number 4, look at verse 22. The Bible says, For it is written that Abraham had two sons, the one by bondmaid and the other by free woman. Now, I don't have the time to go back into Genesis and, and, and show you all this. You can study it out if you'd like. It's all in the book of Genesis, but, but, but I'll just explain to you. The Bible says that Abraham had two sons. Now, Abraham, we saw there that God, and, uh, that God promised Abraham that he would have descendants. And God promised him that he would have a son from Sarah, his wife, when they were of old age. And God performed that promise. That son's name was Isaac. Now, before... Abraham had Isaac, Abraham and Sarah had a lapse of faith, and Sarah believed that she was just, it was just impossible for her to have children, so she gave her handmaid to Abraham to marry, so that Abraham could have children with her handmaid Hagar, which was an Egyptian, and Hagar would have a son for Sarah. Now, God promised Abraham that Sarah was going to have a son, and Abraham sinned when he had that son with Hagar, but Abraham had a son with Hagar, his name was Ishmael. And by the way, Ishmael was not, a, not the will of God, Ishmael was not what God wanted to do, and we're still paying the price today for Ishmael. The descendants of Ishmael today are, are known as uh, Islam. Pretty much all, all of those Islamic nations that fight against physical Israel. 
Israel in the Middle East are the descendants of Ishmael. They, they, they fight against each other because uh, some are descendants of Ishmael and some are descendants of Isaac. When, when, when the Islamic people say that their, father, that their father is Abraham, they are correct. Their father is Abraham. But if you look at Genesis 4.22, the Bible says, For it is written that Abraham had two sons. The one by a bondwoman, referring to Hagar, which was the servant of, of uh, Sarah, says the other by a free woman, referring to Sarah. So he had two sons, Ishmael and Isaac. Ishmael was born of Hagar, the handmaid, and Isaac was born of Sarah, the free woman. Look at verse 23. But he, who was of the bondwoman, was born after the flesh, but he of the free woman was by promise. Now you say, well, what, what does that mean? Well, they were both physical sons of Abraham. But God makes a distinction between Ishmael and between Isaac. And here's what he says. He says, the, the one born of the bondwoman, Ishmael, was born of the flesh. Now here's what you've got to understand. Ishmael was legitimately the firstborn son of Abraham. He's the first son Abraham ever had. And he deserved the, the, the blessings and the right of the firstborn son. Now, God did not acknowledge Ishmael. Because God said, I didn't promise you Ishmael. I promised you Isaac. And God, you know, uh, God makes references to Abraham having, you know, uh, a, a, a one son. And, and God only acknowledged Isaac. But by every right, Ishmael should have had the blessings of Abraham. And Ishmael should have had the, the, the rights of Abraham. And Ishmael was the firstborn son of Abraham in the flesh. When, they, when Islam is upset at Israel, they, in the flesh, you know, if we take the Bible side, they sort of got a point. Because Ishmael represents being born of the flesh because he was the firstborn son of the flesh. But God says, but the free woman was by promise. And what he's referring to is God is saying, Abraham, I made you a promise that I was going to give you a son from Sarah. His name was Isaac. And that, that when it talks about that promise, it's making a reference to faith. Because when God promised Abraham that I will make of thee a great nation, I will bless him that bless thee and curse him that curse thee. And, 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 and um, you know, you're, you're going to be a blessing to all the nations. When God made that promise to Abraham, Abraham believed that promise by faith. So when it says that, that he was the son of, 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 by promise, it's referring to the fact that he was the son of faith. Now Ishmael was the, the legit son in the flesh, but God says, no, Isaac was the son of the promise. He was the son by promise. There was faith there. God promised him that. Look at verse 24. Which things are an allegory. Now that word allegory means a representation of an abstract or spiritual meaning uh, through concrete or material forms. A figurative treatment of one subject under the guise of another. A symbolic narrative. Uh, and, and, and allegory is, is just using one thing to describe another. So what Abraham is saying is saying that, that the this, this son of the bondwoman and the son of the free woman, they're an allegory, they're a representation presentation, they're an abstract thing to teach us a spiritual meaning. They're a symbol. Look at verse 24. Look at verse 24 again. It says, which things are an allegory. For these are two covenants. The one from Mount Sinai, which gendereth to bondage, which is Agar. And look at verse 25. For this is Agar, for this Agar is Mount Sinai in Arabia, and answereth to Jerusalem, which is which now is, and is in bondage with her children. But Jerusalem, which is above, is free, which is the mother of us all, for it is written, Rejoice thou barren that bearest not, break forth and cry, thou that travailest not, for the desolate hath many more children than she which hath in husband. But I want you to see something. In verse twenty four, it said that this is an allegory, and they are two covenants. Now what are the covenants? Well, if you remember, we read in Genesis 22.17, you don't have to turn there, I'll read it for you again. But remember we read Genesis 22.17, it said that in, a, in blessings I will bless thee, and in multiplying I will multiply thy seed, as the stars of heaven, covenant number one, and as the sand which is upon the seashore, covenant number two. You see that? So Galatians 4.24 says, hey, Ishmael and Isaac are in allegory. The son of the bondwoman and the son of the free woman, the son of the flesh and the son of, of promise. He said they're an allegory of two covenants. What are those covenants? The descendants that were going to be of heavenly, a spiritual descendants, and then the descendants that are of the earth. Look at verse 28. Galatians chapter number 4, verse 28. Now we, breth now we brethren, and I want you to think about this. The book of Galatians is written to who? 
Gentiles. Galatians were not Jews. Galatians uh, was a Gentile. And look what Paul says in verse 28. He says, Now we, brethren being, uh, and, and Paul, by the way, being a Jew, says, Now we, brethren, as Isaac was, are the children of promise. Do you see that? So according to Galatians chapter number 4, verse 28, he says, Hey, Gentile brethren, hey, believer in Jesus Christ, because you, you would think, See, the, the, the Jews of today, they'll say, oh, we're the children of God because we're physically the child of Isaac. Physically, they are descendants of Isaac. And they'll say, those, that Islam and, those, and that Muhammad and all that stuff, those are physically descendants of Ishmael, and, and, and they have a point. But Paul says, hold on a second, Ishmael represents the descendants of the flesh because he, in his flesh, had the right of the firstborn son. He says, but Isaac represents the descendants the descendants that come from the promise, that's when Abraham uh, uh, had faith to believe in the promise that God would give him a descendant. And then in Galatians 4.28, Paul tells the Gentile Christians, he says, now, we brethren, Paul saying, you know, I'm a Jew, which by the way, he was also half Gentile, he was half Roman, and he said, me being a half Gentile, me being a, a, a half Jew, and you being a Gentile, but we brethren, we believe in Jesus Christ, he said, as Isaac was, are the children of promise. What does that mean? Well, you know, we preach almost every week from this pulpit, salvation comes by faith in Jesus Christ. Salvation comes by believing on the Lord Jesus Christ. Salvation does not come from works. Salvation does not come from repenting of your sins. Salvation does not come from doing anything but putting your faith in Jesus Christ. And in the same way that Abraham put his faith in God and said, I believe that God is going to give me a son and I believe that God is going to give me descendants and I believe that God is going to give a Messiah through my blood and that Messiah will save me of my sins. In the same way that Abraham was saved through faith, the Bible says when you and I get saved, putting our faith in Jesus Christ, we are just like Isaac. Born of the promise. Born of the faith. Who are we, brethren? Galatians. We're born of faith. He that was born after the flesh, Ishmael. Well, look at verse, uh, let's see, did we read? Uh, let's read verse 29. Galatians chapter number 4, look at verse 29. But as then, he that was born after the flesh, referring to Ishmael, persecuted him that was born after the spirit, and Paul says, even so it is now. So he says, Ishmael, he that was born of the flesh, persecuted he that was born after the spirit, Isaac, in Genesis, which you could find that. And even now, Islam persecutes Israel, physical Israel. And God said, and, and Paul says, even now, it, even so it is now. Now when he says, even so it is now, as Paul is writing this, who is the group of people that all throughout Paul's ministry are persecuting him and following him and trying to cast him into prison, trying to beat him? Who, who was that? The Jews. The Pharisees. They're the reason that he got taken. Remember, they're the reason he, he went to Rome because they were trying to, they made a covenant, they were going to kill him. And all throughout his ministry, the Jews are trying to kill Paul. And Paul says, just like it was with Ishmael and Isaac, when Ishmael was persecuting Isaac, he said, it's the same thing now. The son of the bondwoman, the Jews, and, and the, the Ishmael, and here's what you got to understand with this, is that Ishmael does not only represent Islam, Ishmael represents any child of Abraham that was born of the flesh, Jew, and, you know, that came from Isaac, I'm talking about the flesh. Do you understand what I'm saying? I'm not trying to confuse you. Isaac represents a saved Christian. A believer in Jesus Christ. Someone that puts their faith in Jesus Christ. Ishmael represents a physical descendant of Abraham. And Paul is saying, the physical Jewish descendant of Abraham persecuted the spiritual promised faith son of Abraham. And he said it's the same thing now. Look at verse 30. Nevertheless, what says the scripture? Cast out the bondwoman and her son, for the son of the bondwoman shall not be heir with the son of the free woman. And that's what happened. Ishmael was cast out with Hagar. Because Ishmael could not be the heir of Abraham's riches and Abraham's promise with the son of the free woman. Isaac was the chosen son. Isaac was the son of promise. The son of the bondwoman, the physical son will not be heir with the son of the free woman, the, the son of faith. And it's the same thing now. The physical 
descendants of Abraham cannot be heirs with the spiritual descendants of Abraham. Look at verse 31. So then, brethren, we... And I want you to see this. Galatians 4.31. Speaking to Gentiles. So then, brethren, we are not children of the bondwoman, but of the free. He's saying, hey, we are descendants of Abraham. A Galatian, a Gentile, says, you're... Now, we're not children of the bondwoman, but of the free. Now turn with me real quick to Romans chapter number 9. And we'll look at some more verses, make it even more clear. So you've got to understand, there's two covenants. There's a heavenly covenant, as the stars of heaven, and then there's an earthly covenant, as the sand of the sea. And the Ishmael, the son of the, the, son of the bondwoman, the son uh, of, of the flesh, represents those who are physical descendants of Abraham. But Isaac represents, in this allegory, those who are spiritual descendants of Abraham, who became descendants by the promise, that is, by putting their faith in Jesus Christ. Look at Romans chapter number 9, and verse 1. Romans chapter number 9, and verse 1. If you're in Galatians, you just want to turn back a little bit. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, and Romans. Romans chapter number 9. And look at verse 1. The Bible says, I say the truth in Christ, I lie not. This is Paul speaking. It says, my conscience also bearing me witness in the Holy Ghost. Now he says this. He says, I say the truth in Christ, and I, I lie not. And, he, and he's saying, I, I want you to know that the next statement I'm going to make is true. Because the next statement in verse number 2 that Paul's going to make is so far-fetched. It's just so outrageous. It's so uh, uh, unconceivable that he says, look, I want you to know, I'm telling the truth. I lie, I lie not. My conscience also bearing me witness in the Holy Ghost. He said, I, I'm speaking. I'm not lying to you. Look at verse 2. Some of you are already looking ahead. Look at verse 2. Says that I have great heaviness, uh, heaviness and continual sorrow in my heart, for I could wish that myself were accursed from Christ for my brethren. Now, who's he referring to when he says brethren? Because sometimes brethren means, you know, like your brother in Jesus Christ, Brother Hudson. You know, he's my brother from a different mother, right? <laughs> he's my spiritual brother. But that's not what he says, he's talking about. He makes it more clear. He says, For my brethren, my kinsmen, according to the flesh. So in Romans 9.3, Paul says, I could wish that myself were accursed from Christ. That being accursed from Christ, he, he's saying, I wish, he said, I would give up my salvation. I would be cursed to hell. He said, I, Paul said, I would die and go to hell if it meant that my brethren, my kinsmen in the flesh would be saved. What's Paul saying? He's saying, I wish physical Israel would get saved. I wish the Jews would accept Jesus Christ as their Messiah. And he said, I would even give up my salvation to do it. Now that's, that is so, I mean, I wouldn't give up my salvation. For, and here's the thing, Paul couldn't give up his salvation if he wanted to. And I can't give up my salvation if I wanted to. He's saying, if I could, I would. Now he can. And I, I can't even believe, I, I wouldn't give my salvation for anything. Look, I wouldn't die and go to hell for anybody. Spend eternity in hell, you know, all of eternity in fire and torment. But Paul's saying, his, his heart for Israel was so, uh, was so tender, he said, I would even go to hell if it meant that my brethren, my kinsmen, according to the flesh. So that's how he lets us know. He's talking about his physical brethren, kinsmen means uh, family members, he said, according to the flesh. Look at verse 4. Who are Israelites? To whom pertains the adoption and the glory and the covenants and the giving of the law and the service of God and the promises. So he says, my, my brethren, my kinsmen, those are going to place. He said, those are Israelites. Those are the people who are, uh, the, the, pertain to the adoption and the glory and the covenant. God gave them the covenant. And God gave them the law. God gave them the Bible. And God gave them the service. God gave them the, the, the service of being the, the, the Levitical priest. And God gave them the promises. He says, whose are the fathers and of whom as concerning the flesh Christ came. He said, those Israelites, because you got to keep in mind. Jesus Christ was a Jew, physical. If you, if you, if you read nine chapters a day, uh, the first, first thing you're going to read in Matthew is the lineage of Jesus Christ from Abraham all the way through David, all the way to, jo to, to, to Joseph. And you'll see there also, uh, there's another lineage for Mary. And, and both of them bring him, I mean, he came straight down from Abraham to Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ was a Jew. And he says, of whom concerning the flesh Christ came. He has, who is overall, God bless forever men. So he's saying, he's saying, I'm talking about my physical Jewish brethren. He said, I wish they would get saved. But look at verse number 6. Not as though the word of God had taken none effect. It says, for they are not all Israel, 
which are of Israel. What does that mean? It says, not everyone who is of Israel. Not everyone who is a descendant of Israel. Who's Israel? Israel was Jacob. If you remember, Abraham had a son named Isaac. Isaac had two sons named Esau and Jacob. Now, God also promised, God rejected Esau as being having the birthright, and he gave the birthright to Jacob, who he later na- renamed Israel. Israel had 12 sons, which from those 12 sons came the 12 tribes of Israel. Okay, that's how the, 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 the nation of Israel was formed. And... Paul says in Romans chapter number 9 and verse 6, says, For they are not all Israel, which are of Israel. So he says, all of the descendants of Israel are not all Israel. You say, what does that mean? Look at verse 7. Neither, because they are of the seed of Abraham, so neither because they are the children of Abraham, are they all children, referring to children of God, and we'll see that in a little bit. Says, so just because you're the seed of Abraham, does not mean that you're just children of God. We'll see in a little bit. He'll, he'll make the reference to children of God if you're wondering. We said, but in Isaac shall I see be called. What does Isaac represent? Son of promise. Being of the faith. So, see, if, if we just read this, you know, just quickly, we would think he's talking about the physical Jews that were born from Isaac and Ishmael. But you've got to compare it with Galatians. And we'll keep reading, it'll make more sense here in a second. But he's saying, look, just because you're the seed of Abraham doesn't mean you're the children. Of God, He said, in Isaac shall my seed be, uh, be called. You must be born from Abraham and Isaac. Look at verse number 8. That is. So he's going to explain what he just said. The statement he just made. He said, that is. They which are the children of the flesh. These are not the children of God. I mean, does it get any more clear than that or what? Saying, just because you're the children of the flesh. Just because you're physically a descendant of Abraham does not automatically make you a child of God. He says, but the children of the promise are counted for the seed. What does the promise refer to? Faith. The promise that God gave Abraham, that he believed in. Look at verse 9. For this is the word of promise. At this time will I come and Sarah shall have a son. That was the promise that God made to him. So simply being a child of Abraham in the flesh is not enough. You say, well, the Jews are, the, uh, are God's chosen uh, people. Why? Because they're just physically born of Abraham? That's not enough. You've got to be a child of the promise. You've got to be a child of the faith, of the covenant. The Bible says Abraham believed God and it was counted unto him for righteousness. Skip down to verse 24. Romans 9, 24. It says, even us, whom he hath called. And look what it says, not of the Jews only, but also of the Gentiles. He says, but also of the Gentiles? He's asking the question, but also of the Gentiles? He says, as he saith also in Ozi, which is the modern translation in Romans there for Hosea, he said, I will call them my people, which were not my people, and her beloved, which was not beloved. And it shall come to pass that in the place where it was said unto them, ye are not my people, there shall they be called the children of the living God. So he's saying, hey, look, Hosea said that God is going to take those people, which were not his people, and call them his people. God is going to take those people, which were not his people, and say that they are the children of God. Verse 27 says, I, uh, Isaiah, referring to Isaiah, said also Christ concerning Israel. Though the number of the children of Israel be as the sand of the sea, a remnant shall be saved. So he said, hey, Israel, even if you have a great nation, even if your descendants are as the sand of the sea, he says, hey, only a small remnant shall be saved. So by and large, the Jews reject Jesus Christ. Look at verse 28. For he will finish the work and cut it short in righteousness, because a short work will the Lord make upon the earth. And as Isaiah, Isaiah said before, except the Lord of Sabaoth had left us a seed, we had been as Sodoma, and had been like unto Gomorrah. What shall we say then? That the Gentiles, and look what it says, verse 30, What shall we say then? That the Gentiles which followed not after righteousness. So he's saying, are we, Paul, Paul is, is kind of uh, asking a rhetorical way. He said, he said, what are we saying then? That the Gentiles which followed not after righteousness. What does that mean? It means the Gentiles who were not trying to attain righteousness, who were not trying to live godly life, who were not trying to follow the, 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 the laws of the Bible. He says, shall we say that those Gentiles which followed not after righteousness have attained righteousness, even the righteousness which is of faith. How does a Gentile attain righteousness? By faith. Do you attain it by keeping the law? No, you 
by faith. Look at verse 33. Actually, I'm sorry, I skipped some. Look at verse 31. But Israel, which followed after the, look what it says, law of righteousness. So he says, but Israel, who did try to keep the law. Those Pharisees, who tried to keep every single law, and they even made up some laws. And try to follow those and live the strictest of the, of the, uh, of the Pharisee life, uh, uh, life there. He said, but Israel, which followed after the law of righteousness, hath not attained to the law of righteousness. Wherefore, because they sought it not by faith. So why did Israel not attain to righteousness? Because they refused to believe by faith. They wanted to earn their salvation. They thought that their little uh, sacrifices that they were doing, they thought that the little laws that they were keeping, they thought because they didn't work on the Sabbath, and they thought because they did this, and because they did that, that they were going to be saved. And God says, no, they didn't get it because they sought it not by faith. As it was written, Behold, I lay in Sion a stumbling block, the rock of offense, and whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. I'm sorry, verse 32, I didn't read the last part of that. It says, Not by faith, but as it were by the works of the law. For they stumbled at the stumbling stone. And I don't have time to develop it. It'd be an entire sermon in and of itself. But that stumbling stone is referring to Jesus Christ. He said, They didn't receive it by faith. Why? Because they stumbled on the stumbling stone. They stumbled on Jesus Christ. When the Messiah came, and they should have put their faith in him, instead of believing in him, they stumbled. And they said, That's not the Messiah. It says, because they would not put their faith, they did not get righteousness, because they were trying to earn righteousness by the law. But he said, the Gentiles, who were not even trying to follow the law, because they were born of faith, did receive the righteousness. Do you see that? Does that make sense? I don't know if I'm going too deep and just coming up dry. But, but go, go with me real quick. And we saw these verses recently, so we'll go through them quickly. But go to Romans chapter number 3, and we'll just look at it. Again, in regards to the Jews and Gentiles. Romans chapter number 3, and look at verse 21. You know, this will help you when you're going through nine chapters a day. You know, as you're reading through Romans, you'll be able to see the, the whole book of Romans is, 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 is there's this, uh, you know, teaching back and forth between the Jews and the Gentiles. Jews and the Gentiles. Look at Romans chapter number 3. Look at verse 21. But now the righteousness of God without the law is manifest. So how do you get the righteousness of God without the law? Being witnessed by the law and the prophets. Said, and it's saying that the witness of that faith, it, it, there's a witness of it in the Bible, in the law, and the, the, the books of the prophets. Even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ. Unto all and upon all them that believe, for there is no difference. So he says there is no difference between the Jew and the Gentile. They all get saved the same way by faith. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So he says, look, there's no difference between a Jew. There's no difference between a Gentile. They've all sinned. They all need salvation. They all need Jesus Christ to save them. Look at verse 24. Being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God has set forth to be a propitiation through faith in His blood, to declare His righteousness for the remission of sins that are passed through the forbearance of God, to declare, I say, at this time the righteousness, that He might be just and the justifier of Him which believeth in Jesus. Where is boasting then? It is excluded. By what law? Of works? Nay, but by, by the law of faith. Therefore we conclude that a man is justified by faith without the, the deeds of the law. How do you get saved without the deeds of the law? By faith. Look at verse 29. Is he the God of the Jews only? Is he not also of the Gentiles? Yes, of the Gentiles also. Seeing it is one God which shall justify the circumcision by faith and the uncircumcision through faith. Do we then make the void the law through faith? God forbid. Yea, we establish the law. So we're not, we're not saying, you know, we're not these people who say, well, just throw away the Old Testament and throw away, throw, throw, throw away the, the, the book of Genesis and Exodus and all I need is the New Testament or all I need is the writings of Paul. Hey, no, we, we're not making the law. We, we established the law. The purpose of the law was to be a schoolmaster and bring us to Jesus Christ. The law shows us that we need a Savior. The law shows us that we are a sinner. But the Jews made a mistake when they took that law and they tried to attain. Look, it's the same song, different verse. Go to whatever religion you want. You go to the Jews. You go to the Pentecostals. You go to whatever religion you want. They're all trying to attain righteousness by the law. And God says, no, Ishmael. You don't get it by the flesh. You don't get it by working. You don't get it because you were born into a certain race or into a certain family or into a certain nation. He said, you get it the same way Isaac got it. He didn't deserve it. He shouldn't have had it. Ishmael should have had it, but I gave it to Isaac because he was the son of promise. How do we get it? Do I deserve to go to heaven? No. 
set a promise. I was born by faith. Go with me to Galatians chapter number 3. We were just in Galatians. should be able to find it quickly. But look, look at Galatians chapter number 3. And look at verse 14. And it will make it very clear. Galatians chapter number 3 and verse 14. Galatians chapter number 3 and verse 14. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, and Romans. First and Second Corinthians. Galatians. If you're in Romans, you want to just go to 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, Galatians. Look at Galatians chapter number 3 and look at verse 14. Galatians chapter number 3 and look at verse 14. The Bible says that the blessings of Abraham might come unto the Gentiles. What are the blessings of Abraham? I will bless him that bless thee. I will curse him that curse thee. In thee shall all the nations of the world be blessed. That Abrahamic covenant. He said that the blessings of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. So, I'm sorry, President Bush. I'm sorry, President Obama. But when the Bible says that we've got to bless them that bless, you know, that God's going to bless them that bless them, you know, the Jews and Israel, he's not talking about the physical descendants of Abraham. Okay? See, we think, oh, we've got to take care of Israel. We've got to be their allies. And we've got to be their military might. And we've got to, we've got to bless them so God will bless us. And I'm sorry, look, I'm not, and, and look, I'm not anti-Semitic. And we're not racist around here. And we're going to get to that in a little bit. And I'm not saying that, you know, uh, they're, they're bad people. You know, I'm not saying that we, we should just, uh, you know, try to kill them or anything. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that the blessing that I got to get Abraham does not apply to an unsaved person that does not believe in Jesus Christ. Do you understand that the Jew of today, the, 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 the Judaism of today, rejects Jesus Christ as their Savior? Rejects Jesus Christ as Messiah? They reject uh, the, the, the God? I mean, the Jews of today do not believe in Jesus Christ. And I'm telling you something, the blessing that God gave Abraham was not given to an unsaved person. It was not given to an unsaved Jew. It was given to the believers in Jesus Christ. And in the Old Testament and in the New Testament, you get saved the same way, by faith. That's it. The Bible says that Noah found grace in the eyes of God. The Bible says that Abraham uh, believed God and it was counted as for righteousness. In the Old Testament, if you were born a Jew, that didn't mean you were saved. You have to believe in Jesus Christ. Just like today, you have to believe in Jesus Christ. It's always been by faith. The Bible says, you don't have to turn there, Matthew 8.11, Jesus Christ said, And I say unto you, that many shall come from the east and the west, and shall sit down with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. He's saying, look, they're going to come from everywhere. They're going to come from the east, they're going to come from the west, they're going to come from everywhere, they're going to sit with Abraham. Why? Because it's not just the flesh descendants. It's that heavenly descendant. It's those stars in heaven. You say, what about the Jews of today then? If the Abrahamic covenant and the chosen people of God are not, and I don't know if I made it clear tonight, but the chosen people of God is not Jerry Seinfeld. It's not these unsaved Jews who just, you know, just, you know, they, they reject God, they reject uh, the Bible, they, they reject, but just because they were born a Jew, they, they got some sort of special past. Because they were born into a certain family, into a certain race. That's not it. The, the, the children of God have always been saved believers in Jesus Christ. Abraham was a child of God because he believed in Jesus Christ. Isaac was a child of God because he believed in Jesus Christ. And Esau was not a child of God because he rejected Jesus Christ. Say, so, well, they didn't know what he rejected the Messiah. So, what about the Jews of today who reject Jesus Christ as the Messiah? Well, they, and I gotta go quickly because I'm running out of time, they. Do not believe their own Bible. They do not believe the Old Testament. And I, you know, I'm going to apologize. I've got a lot of verses to go through. I'm just going to go through them really fast. I'm going to read them for you. If you don't trust me, which I understand, you don't need to trust me, I'll give you the notes if you want them. I'm going to read these fast. If you can keep up with me, keep up with me. But I'm just going to show you just a few things. I just took out a few things out of the Bible to show you how the Jews of today, don't, they do not even believe in their own, you know, Torah or whatever they say they believe in. But Genesis 22.7 says this, And Isaac spake unto Abraham his father, and said, My father, and he said, Here am I. He said, My son, and he said, Behold the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? That's Genesis 22.7. If you remember, in Genesis chapter number 22, the Bible says that God did tempt Abraham. And God told Abraham, Abraham, I want you to take your son, thine only son Isaac, and I want you to take him to a mount that I will tell thee of, and I want you to slay your son. And God told him, Abraham, go and kill your son. And the Bible says that God took Abraham, and God took, uh, they, they journeyed, and he, 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 
I'm sorry, Abraham took Isaac, and he took wood, and he took fire, and he took all the preparations, and they went up to a mountain, and right there, the verse I read you, Genesis 22, 7, Isaac is at, and he said, hey God, hey, hey Dad, I, I see the fire, and I see the wood, and he said, but, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? And Abraham says back to Isaac, he said, God will provide himself a lamb. Now here's the thing, when Abraham took that knife up to kill Isaac, and the angel of the Lord appeared and said, Abraham, Abraham, don't kill your son. Now I, you know, now I, now I see that you do, you know, and I'm paraphrasing because I don't have in front of me. But he said, now I see that you're going to obey me, even to the point of killing your own son. The Bible says that there was a ram caught in the thicket. Now here's the thing. Abraham told Isaac, God will provide himself a lamb. But when God allowed Isaac to not be killed, God did not provide a lamb. God provided a ram. Now I don't know, they, they, they sound similar and they rhyme, but a lamb and a ram are two different things. And here's why. Because Abraham was prophesying. I mean, the Spirit of the Lord just came upon him at that moment. And when he said God will provide himself a lamb, he wasn't saying that God, Isaac, is going to provide a lamb so that you don't have to die. He was saying that God is going to provide himself a lamb. And that was fulfilled when John the Baptist said, Behold, the Lamb of God which taketh away the sins of the world, looking at Jesus Christ. Abraham prophesied that there was a lamb that would come. Not the ram that they later on killed, but a lamb that God would provide Himself, a lamb, and that lamb was Jesus Christ. The Levitical offerings, the burnt offering, and the peace offering, and the sin offering, and all those offerings that they had there in the book of Leviticus, and, and, and all through the Bible. I mean, we preached on this when we were in that story, but when... when um, Cain and Abel, when God, when God told him to bring a lamb, and, and, and Cain brought of the fruits of the field. He brought, what did he bring to God? His work. Because the Bible says that, that, that that's what he labored in. He grew, he grew fruit, he grew plant. So he brought God his work. And Abel brought what God asked for, which was a lamb. And the Bible says that God rejected Cain's offering, but he was pleased with Abel's offering. Here's why. Because your work will never save you. It's, just, it's the same thing all throughout the Bible. But that lamb was a representation that one day God would come. You know, there in the Garden of Eden, when Adam and Eve sinned, and they tried to cover themselves up with their leaves, and they, got, and they made aprons, and God said, that's not good enough. And the Bible says that God took an animal there, and He killed an animal for the first time. He shed the blood of an animal, and He took the skin of that animal, and He covered up Adam, and He covered up Eve, and He said, Adam, I understand you're trying to cover your own nakedness with the leaves that you made for your own work. And that's what religion is. You try to cover yourself up. But God says, that's not enough. An animal's going to have to die. And when God was saying, what God was showing was that, hey, Adam, hey, Eve, because of your sin, God one day will die and He will cover you up. Everything in the Old Testament is a picture of salvation. Isaiah 7, 14 says, Therefore the Lord Himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call His name Emmanuel. Matthew 1, 22 says, Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child. Shall, shall be with child, um, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, being interpreted God with us. So Matthew chapter one, verse twenty-two and twenty-three was a fulfillment of Isaiah seven fourteen that God would that 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 a uh, a virgin would conceive. Micah five two says, "But thou Bethlehem of Ephrathah, though thou be little among the thousands of Judah." Yet out of thee shall come forth unto me, that is to be a ruler in Israel, whose goings forth have been from old, from everlasting. And that was fulfilled in Matthew chapter number 2 and verse 5 and 6. It says, And they said unto him, In Bethlehem of Judah, for thus it is written by the prophets. And they were, and the story there, you know, I don't have time to go into it, but the wise men were saying, uh, they were asking there, Where will the Christ be born? And they said, and, and it says there in Matthew 2 5, it says, And they said unto him, In Bethlehem of Judah, for thus it is written by the prophets, and thou, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not the least among the princes of Judah, for out of thee shall come a governor that shall rule my people Israel. So there in Micah 5 2, it's prophesied that Christ will be born of Bethlehem, just like Jesus Christ was born. But the Jews of today, they'll reject that. 
Hosea 11.1 says, When Israel was a child, then I loved him and called my son out of Egypt. Matthew 2.14 says, When he arose, he took the young child and his mother by night and departed into Egypt and was there until the death of Herod, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophets, saying, Out of Egypt have I called my son. So Hosea 11.1 says, Out of Egypt will I call my son. And the Bible says that in, in Matthew that Joseph and Mary took Jesus into Egypt till Herod died because Herod was trying to kill the children. And then it is said that the reason they did that, so that it would be fulfilled out of Egypt, how I call my son. Do you see? I, you know, I don't have time to do it. I just picked out a few. One of these days, I'm going to preach an entire sermon where it's just going through all the fulfilled prophecies of Jesus Christ in the Old Testament. I don't have time to do it. But um, Jeremiah 31.15 says, Thus saith the Lord, A voice was heard in Ramah, lamentation and bitter weeping. Rachel weeping for the children, uh, refused to be comforted for her children because they were not. And in Matthew 2.16 it says, Then Herod, when he saw that he was mocked of the wise men, was exceeding wrath, and sent forth and slew all the children that were in Bethlehem, and in all the coasts thereof, from two years old and under, according to the time which he had diligently inquired, of the wise men, then was fulfilled which was spoken by Jeremiah the prophet, saying, In Ramah was there a voice heard, lamentation and weeping, and great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children, and would not be comforted because they are not. When you're reading in, in Matthew, all those times were said, and it was, you know, fulfilled which was spoken by the prophet, all those are all prophecies that were fulfilled in Jesus Christ. And the Jews of today should be able to look at their Old Testament. And, and look at all these prophecies and say, wow, Jesus Christ was the Messiah. But they don't. Psalms 22 says this, But I am a worm, and no man, a reproach of man, and despised of people. All they that see me laugh me to scorn. They shoot at the lips, they shake the head, saying, He trusted on the Lord, that He would deliver him. Let him deliver him, seeing he delighted in him. So in Psalms, David is prophesying and saying, this is what they're going to say of Jesus Christ. Mark 15, 31 says, Likewise also the chief priests mocking said among themselves with the scribe, He saved others, himself he cannot save. A fulfilled prophecy of Jesus Christ. Psalm 22, 12 says, Many bulls have compassed me, strong bulls of Bashan have beset me around. They gaped upon me with their mouths as a uh, ravening of a roaring lion. I am poured out like water, and my, bone, my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax. It is melted in the midst of my vows. My strength is dried up, and like a, like potsherd in my tongue, cleave it to my jaws. And thou hast brought me into the dust of the death. For dogs have compassed me, the assembly of the wicked have enclosed me, they pierced my hands and my feet, I may tell all my bones, they look and stare upon me. In Psalms, there's a prophecy of this Messiah, who would have his hands and his feet pierced, who would be poured out like water. And in John 19.33, it says, But when they came to Jesus, and saw that he was dead already, they break not his legs, but one of the soldiers with a spear pierced his side, and forthwith came out blood and water, just like it says in Psalms, and he saw that that it bear record, I'm sorry, and he that saw it bear record, and this record is true, and he knoweth that it's true that ye might believe, for these things were done, that the scripture should be fulfilled, a bone of him shall not be broken, and again another scripture say, they shall look on him whom they pierced, Psalm 22, 18 says, They part my garments among them and cast lots upon my vesture. Matthew 27, 35 says, they, And they crucified him and parted his garments, casting lots, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophet. They parted my garments among them and upon my vestures did they cast lots. I'm just trying to show you, and I, you know, I, there's so many more scriptures, and I don't have time to show them all to you, but I'm trying to show you that the Old Testament has many, 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 many references to the coming Messiah, that He was going to be put on the cross, that He was going to be pierced, that He was going to die, and the Jews of today, they can look at that Old Testament and say, hey, Jesus Christ was the Messiah, but they choose not to. So how should, what should we believe about the Jews of today? Well, we should take a stand against Judaism as a false religion, like any other false religion. So you're racist. I'm not being racist. Look, I don't have anything against Jews as a people. And we should love them. And we should try to get them saved like any other people from any other false religion. Anybody who does not believe that salvation is by faith in Jesus Christ, it doesn't matter if they're American, it doesn't matter if they're Pentecostal, it doesn't matter if they're Catholic, it doesn't matter if they're anything Presbyterian, if they believe that salvation is not by faith but by works, then we should take a stand against it as a false religion. And Judaism does not get a free pass because they're the descendants of Abraham. I'm sorry. I know that goes against what 99% of all Christians believe, but it's true. 
The Bible says in 1 John 2.22, Who is a liar? But he that denieth that Jesus is the Christ, he is Antichrist that denieth the Father and the Son. So if somebody denies that Jesus is the Christ, which means the Messiah, then they are Antichrist. And if the Jews of today say, oh, we believe that Jesus was a good man, and we believe that He was a good prophet, but we don't believe He was the Christ, then according to the Bible, they are Antichrist. Bible says in Revelation 2.9, I know thy works and tribulations and poverty, but thou art rich. And I know the blasphemy of them which say that they are Jews and are not, but are the synagogue of Satan. And by the way, just food for thought, in the Old Testament you'll never find a reference to a synagogue. After the last book in the Old Testament, from, from that point to Matthew, was I believe about 400 years, all of a sudden Jesus comes on the scene and there's synagogues everywhere. But you'll never find a synagogue in the Old Testament. You'll find a temple. You'll find a tabernacle. You'll never find a synagogue. It's not a, it's not a biblical thing. Now, it's not a bad thing. Jesus went to the synagogue many times to try to get people saved. Paul went to the synagogue many times to try to get people saved. But the Bible called it the synagogue of Satan. Why? Because who is a liar but denied that Jesus is the Christ? He is Antichrist that denied the Father and the Son. Acts 10.43 says this, To whom give all the prophets witness, that through his name, whosoever believeth in him, shall receive remissions of sins. The Bible says, To him give all the prophets witness. Do you know that every prophet in the Old Testament, you know that every book in the Old Testament is talking about Jesus Christ? And I'm just trying to tell you, that the Jews today, we should love them, we should try to get them saved, but they should not be treated with preferential treatment simply because they were born to a certain family. We should not just say, oh, well, well the Jews can't do wrong and we're just going to help them and it doesn't matter. Look, hey, you know what? Israel is a sovereign nation. Let them fight their own battles. And, and you might not like that, but you say, well, well we got to bless them so God will bless them. No, we got to bless Christians so God will bless us. Because the Abrahamic covenant applies to me. Do you remember when you were a little child and you went to school and you went to, to church and they teach you this song? Father Abraham had many sons. Did anybody ever sing that song when they were a child? Many sons had Father Abraham. You know what the next part is? It says, I am one of them and so are you. So let's all praise the Lord. Right arm. You start going like this, you know, and then you do a left arm and all that weird stuff. There's a lot of doctrine in that song. Father Abraham did have many sons. You know what? I am one of them. You say, are you a physical descendant of, Jesus, uh, of Abraham? No, I'm a spiritual descendant of Abraham. I am born of faith. I am born of promise. And I can promise you this. If you bless me, God will bless you. Well, I, I thought I was supposed to bless, uh, you know, I can't, there's so many popular Jewish people out there. Uh, I can't even think of any other name. But I, I thought I was supposed to, the only one that comes to my mind right now is Jerry Seinfeld. I don't know why. But, you know, people, I mean, Christians honestly believe, oh, bless Jerry Seinfeld and God will bless. You think God cares about Jerry Seinfeld? God wants Jerry Seinfeld to get saved. That's what God wants. And you know what? God blessed America, not because America blessed Israel, because America blessed Christians. God blessed America because America sent out missionaries all over this country to get people saved by believing in who? Jesus Christ. And we should not give preferential treatment to some race or some nation because they're simply physical descendants of Abraham. We should not bless them as such. Because the Abrahamic covenant, if that's what you want to call it, has always and will always apply to believers in Jesus Christ, whether Jews or Gentiles. Because, hey, Isaac didn't deserve the blessing. Ishmael was the legitimate, held the legitimate right to that blessing. He was the firstborn son. But Isaac received it by promise. And you don't deserve salvation, and you don't deserve inheritance, and you don't deserve anything. But we receive it by faith in Jesus Christ, the same way Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob got it. Let's bow our heads and have a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we love you so much.